Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The United Nations climate chief is on her way out, and she is a major warning for the world. A second Trump presidency, or one led by a like-minded Republican, would be a killer blow in the fight against climate change. That's what Patricia Espinosa, the outgoing executive secretary of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, said in an interview with Politico Europe's Carl Matheson this month. Espinosa has been the UN's climate chief for six years and is leaving her position in July. So today, Carl and I talk about who Espinosa's successor might be, her views on the impact of the 2024 U.S. presidential election, and what role the U.N., which has been heavily criticized, should have in fighting climate change moving forward. It's Friday, June 24th. Carl, you got a chance to talk to the outgoing UN climate chief, Patricia Espinosa, about her tenure, which overlapped with former President Donald Trump's time in office. And she talked to you about the climate cost. So what did she tell you? Yeah, it was great to speak to her because I think, you know, getting her on her way out, she was maybe a little more open than she has been. She was sort of saying that it really just knocked the wind out of the climate process. So Trump's election, a year after the Paris Agreement, there were still some loose ends to tie up in terms of the rule book for the Paris Agreement. And she just said it took us six years to tie up those loose ends and then like get on with actually doing the work of implementing the policies and motivating businesses to start reducing emissions and so it was about momentum and it was also about leadership the u.s has always been a kind of pivotal player in the international climate process so i think in her view making deals became a lot harder without the u.s in there particularly as a counterweight to china i think she felt that there was a lag from that four-year period and And then the sort of two years it's sort of taken to just get the process kind of almost back on track after that. So what did Espinosa think would happen if Trump or any like-minded Republicans became president again in 2024? Of course, current President Joe Biden has brought the U.S. back into the Paris Agreement. He's increased its emission reduction target pretty significantly. So what would happen if a Republican comes back onto the stage So I think what Espinoza said was essentially because the timelines for climate change are now so tight, we need to really, if we're going to avoid 1.5 degrees, we need to have nearly cut global emissions in half in the next eight years. So the idea of what they like to call the critical decade of the 2020s being hit by ambivalent or even antagonistic US government I think her view was that the momentum that is just beginning to build again now would be knocked around and it would have a a critical impact on the efforts to sort of bring down those emissions quickly. You know, and then I sort of asked her very specifically, I said, look, we talk a lot about this 1.5 degree target. Would that 
target be impossible to meet if Trump or another Republican with similar policies was elected? And she sort of said, yes, well, yeah. And then she, you know, tried to put a sort of slightly more positive spin on it where she said, I hope rather than I think that the US would kind of act within its own interests and realize that competing for the clean economy was actually the smart economic case. But she acknowledged that's not the largest motivating factor in a lot of American climate politics. And her sense, I think, is that there's a real danger to the climate process in 2024. Wow. And so the United Nations is now looking for Espinosa's successor. What type of background is the UN looking for in her successor? And who are the current frontrunners? Yeah, this was really interesting because we've had now the last couple of UN climate chiefs have had very specific roles to the certain sort of moment that the UN was in. I was talking to her about the role of the UN and how it's changing. And she said that the UN climate body itself now needs to be much more focused on what's going on outside the negotiations and probably has to have an oversight role in what countries are doing and become almost a body that collects all the data and looks at you know what policies are in place and how quickly countries are cutting emissions and then actually become active in pointing out where countries are falling short or in her words where they have opportunities to do more the role of the UN is now really going to have to be an accounting service an oversight mechanism a kind of ombudsman for the climate. So that's going to need a person with a different set of skills and relationships. That person will have to understand the world of finance. I don't know about front runners, but two of the names I've been able to confirm that, that either people are interested in or are interested themselves really do actually come from inside the tent in a way. One is Alok Sharma, the COP26 host. He's the UK minister. I think it's quite clear that he would potentially like the job. He hasn't formally confirmed that he's looking at it. And the other person that I spoke to and she said she hadn't actually applied for the job, but she was delighted that her names had been mentioned was Andrea Meza, who's a former Costa Rican environment minister who now works for the UN Desertification Treaty. So those two names have definitely been bandied about, among lots of others that I don't want to report because I haven't confirmed them. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Nirma Malaykel is the podcast producer. Raghu Madhuvalan edited the show this week. Jenny Amit is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Monday. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.